you need to yeah. be very trusting to be that vulnerable because people yeah. are much more embarrassed about their profit than, than they are about revenue and and kind of mm. rightly so which is why i think the culture that we developed in just over time it's a bit like weeding a garden it's not just a formula it is a valuable thing we are michael Vizi in london england and jason miles in seattle washington more importantly you are the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be we're here to get you there. For show notes with links and resources mentioned today, and for other GC resources like downloads, just visit our blog, theecommerceleader.com. Today's sponsor is Eva, the most intelligent Amazon scaling toolkit online. Amazon sellers need exact, quick-to-read profit reports. Many sellers already pay a lot of money for these. Eva has world-class finance analytics with crystal-clear graphs included at no extra cost. Eva serves hundreds of seven-figure sellers, averaging a 51% increase in profits. To get a 15-day free trial, just go to amazingfba.com forward slash Eva. That's amazingfba.com forward slash E-V-A. So, Jason, your Profit Habits Workshop has just ended. and I know you've got some interesting lessons to learn for every e-commerce operator. And insights from real life are sometimes not so pretty and there's a lot of stuff to work through. But on the other hand, they're real. And I think that's going to be very, very important. So tell me more. What have you been uh, learning with your, with your e-commerce leaders in the Profit Habits Workshop? Yeah, the workshop happened this just last week, Monday and Tuesday, and then we had uh, Wednesday, Thursday special meetings for VIPs. It was a fantastic event. We had a great time, uh, a good gr group of people who were all focused on trying to get clarity and insight into the profit in, in their business, profitability. And we really, really, I think, found some interesting key insights together. You know, Zach Martin is a CPA and previous to becoming an e-commerce uh, seller in his own right. He was a mergers and acquisitions consultant and specialist and valuation specialist as a CPA. So he did a ton of, of work in that regard prior to becoming an you know, e-commerce operator. And so he was co-teaching and Kyle and I taught sessions as well. And so we learned a ton from him. And then, of, of course, you learn from the people in the community as well. When people you know, ask questions or when they speak into the topics, you really start to see what's bubbling up and you know, kind of what's happening in the mind of e-commerce operators as it relates to profitability. And so that to me was really exciting. I made a little list that, you know, I suggested you and I work through today of just those lessons and insights, sort of the high level stuff. This won't be technical or anything like that today. We just wanted to talk about sort of the big picture ideas that we think people can grapple with and, and bolt into their business quickly and efficiently for increasing profitability, you know? Sounds great. Bolt yeah. into your business quickly and efficiently, increase profitability. All sounds music to my ears. That that sounds good. So yeah. what's your first uh, big takeaway then? I know you and I are discussing about this and, and really realizing between us, this isn't really kind of a technical thing, is it? That well, the first surprise for me was when we started doing the marketing for this on, on Facebook. We not only didn't find success in Facebook, we found violent opposition, I would say, not violent, but you know what I mean? Like we, we found, we found rhetorical opposition <laughs> on Facebook. It was amazing to me. Like we'd put up an ad and it basically said, learn, you know, the 17 habits that can make your business more profitable and profit habits workshop. And our, the comments that were came back were so jaded, negative, and 
and unkind. I mean, we got literally called like, these are the three stooges. These guys probably never made any money in their life. They're just trying to make money, telling you how to make money through e-commerce. Like, you know, all of the negative energy that, that like you could just tell the community at large had been somehow either burned by shiny objects of the past, or maybe they, you know, just put us into this as get rich quick uh, content. So, so the first takeaway to me was just fascinating people's mindset. Like here's 17 habits that can make you more profitable. You're a con artist. <laughs> like, no, I'm pretty sure I'm not, but that was very interesting to me. So it, it kind of has nothing to do with the workshop content or people. The, obviously the people who came to the workshop are positive and upbeat and encouraging. We didn't have any kind of negativity in the shop workshop itself, but that pushback to me just really spoke into, I guess, people's mindset in terms of this topic and how either wounded, defensive, just, you know, kind of, I, it just was very, very interesting to me. So that's yeah. the takeaway is people have a lot of issues. <laughs> yeah. I, I, profitability, I guess. Yeah. It's weird that the word profitable would, would create that. I, I can absolutely understand why people would, you know, shout about yet another advert because you know, of course both of us yeah. probably see similar stuff in our Facebook feed. We talked every 5.5 seconds by somebody selling yeah. some form of internet marketing. And I can understand why people would be jaded about that, but they don't normally use the word profit. They use things like income yeah. or revenue or sales mm -hmm. or you know, re even revenues are grown up worth <laughs> money normally in or cash yeah and nothing against the word revenue or cash or money but they're fairly crude words whereas profit already to me says we're talking about something who's got a bit more of a grown-up financial approach yeah. so that's odd that it's really that reaction I, I don't know maybe that's just lumping it all in together into the get yeah. rich quick online kind of marketing <laughs> maybe it's yeah. just facebook <laughs> more I think, than profit i don't know well yeah maybe uh, I, I mean I, and i didn't really mind that people spoke their mind i mean i don't like to be called one of the three stooges although i did love that show <laughs> growing up as a kid do you know that show and i don't you, know i've heard of it but no, what no no <laughs> okay, come on. You have to you watch YouTube. Three Stooges episodes are okay, hilarious. I'll but, check um, it out. <laughs> they were just, you know, comedy groups. So <laughs> I didn't mind the 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 pushback per se, but it, what it unlocked to me was just the it was just so obvious that people have bad psychology around this stuff where they are just just aggressively, you know, fighting back against this uh, phrasing or words or ideas. Un untrusting maybe and fair enough i mean you know like if people didn't know us and didn't know that we had run our own e-commerce operations and had seen our i guess you know bona fides as i say in resume building i mean our qualifications fair enough but but i think it reveals a, a, a basic nature in our mind is that we're either usually all in on something like we buy the shiny object and we you know, we sink our mouth into the hook of the shiny hook of the lure of like, you know, get rich or whatever, if that's the genre or we're violently opposed sometimes. I mean, and I guess in a way that's, it's better to have a super negative pushback um, because at least it's a polarizing, you know, message. But to me, this is a takeaway and, and it's, it speaks to all of us. Like when it comes to the topic of becoming more profitable, managing our finances and our business, really understanding what's happening at the at the profit level, finance level. Do we bring our own mental baggage to it? Presuppositions, negativity, resistance. Or do we avoid it like the plague? And then once we're confronted with it, we're like, screw you. I don't want to hear anything about this. You know, I don't know. 
I mean, that, that was to me very interesting. I guess, yeah, I, I wonder whether it's a Facebook thing or an advertising thing more than it is a profits thing. But yeah. I, it, it may be both. It may be that mm-hmm. people have these negative connotations with it. Yeah. So uh, so that was the first public pushback and the Three Stooges, you know, your, your next role on yeah. the internet, it seems, by, by popular demand. What's the second insight then? I mean, what, what about the people who are actually on the workshop? What are, what are yeah. their feelings around profits and I profit think measurement? one of... Yeah, one of the sentiments people you, you quickly um, appreciate, and Zach really, you know, spoke into this immediately. I mean, he he said in one of his presentations, I think he's done over three thousand corporate tax returns, and his first commentary was, "If it's confusing, it's not helpful." And many people are confused by just the tools and the sorting mechanisms for information related to this topic. And that's one of the first big barriers is just confusion. And what, what, you know, a confused mind always says no or go slow. And so I think that was one of the first things that, you know, he works through and he has a super clean e-commerce P and L uh, profit and loss statement that he uses like a one pager that has been refined over years from his consulting practice in his own company now and it's his whole thing with it is it has to be simple uh, and it has to be very clear and straightforward or you know you'll just you'll lose people and he's learned that the hard way through you know being consultant or whatever but i think that's true for all of us this can be so just you know terms and there's so many terms there's so many ideas there's so many little nuances and back alleys of finance and little cul-de-sacs of thinking and logic and decision making that it can become very overwhelming and i think that's probably one of the big challenges with people getting really good at this is just the the overwhelm that is associated with the topic yeah and i think that's uh, that's something for people to work through yeah i think uh, a lot of life comes down to the 80 20 of the 80 20 so mm-hmm. in other words um the, the trouble is i, I can't, can't remember who said this but it's probably an american because it's kind of got a down at home simplified feel which is you got to take all the pieces out of the jigsaw before you can assemble them and the trouble is when you put all the pieces in place if it's a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle i'm gonna i'm gonna follow through this metaphor here <laughs> my wife's a big fan of jigsaw puzzles but she enjoys them a lot of people if you've got a business and you chuck all your financial statements on the table literally they're on paper or metaphorically if we don't enjoy it then what you've got is a thousand piece puzzle that's a complete mess and that's a depressing moment isn't Mm -hmm. it but i think a good cpn a good bookkeeper is going to help you put the picture together but then also you know in order to do that only certain things matter like edge pieces matter and certain colors you can identify so there are certain things that in the end matter more than others there are some things that are going to really help you some things that that are really going to frustrate you and are best left to later so Mm -hmm. i I guess it comes down to you know being willing to get your hands dirty but also having some help in how do i construct this into a meaningful picture because i guess it, it strikes me that it's from denial which is kind of clear but it's black but it's at least one color it's complete darkness yeah and then you've got the mess which is the horrible bit most people think accounting's <laughs> yeah. about yeah but then i think what comes at the other end of it that many of us have get to and i'm fighting my way through with a series of bookkeepers but i'm determined to go there because i've seen it in in the businesses mm-hmm. of like eight figures they've gone on to eight figures in mm-hmm. e-commerce that that clarity that they get on the other side makes it very much easier not harder yeah. easier to make good quality business decisions and have some kind of reliability to see if i pull this lever this does this and if i do this this does this and to make quality decisions so i guess that middle bit's just messy is my experience i mean is is that time with what zach's been saying and seeing yeah 
I think what you just described reminds me of this, whatever it is, stages of grief, you know, seven stages of grief or whatever. Almost. People go through. It's like, yeah. it's like <laughs> step one, like denial. Step two, like, yeah. you know, depression. Acceptance or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah something finally, like that. Yeah, I th- and it's I think, something like yeah. that. You're right, because I've I've literally I've been at masterminds with some you know pretty serious e-commerce operators, and one guy literally had a nosebleed, and it turned out that he'd been up since four a.m. trying to get his books right, and you know it was literally making him physically ill. And and there wow. is something yeah. that's yeah. not yeah that that's unusual stress response maybe, but it was yeah. it was kind of a, a dramatic indication of how some people's relationship to their books are. Really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember Tim Ferriss in his book uh, for our work week talking about. Stress stress and you stress you stress with like an eu in front of it or something yeah and it, you know the you stress or whatever is not i use term in american english anyway but yeah the but the idea is that it's good stress it's yeah. stre- this kind of stress like workout you know and it it helps you tune things up and i think a lot of people with their with their profitability and their in their business uh books they'll go from a denial to a crisis and if they can get things sorted in that crisis period, then they come out of it better, stronger, more organized, and more clear on their numbers. And and sadly, sometimes they don't come out of it, though. And so the better practice would be to get ahead of the curve and get good modeling and insights and concepts that you go after so that you've, you've got a vision to build towards. But yeah, I, I totally agree with your kind of you know, that those stages of clarity in terms of management. And then I think that's important for people to work through and, and understand. Yeah. What uh, the only thing I would say, and I, this isn't necessarily a sort of borrowing insight here, but there's a really great distinction. I'm going to even show you the book because I have it so close to my desk because I find it incredibly clarifying and helpful, which is financial intelligence for entrepreneurs. I've mentioned it before. Mm-hmm. sounds like Zach's been through similar stuff to the guys who wrote this, Joe Knight, Karen Berman, sadly no longer with us, but he makes a distinction between accounting and finance. And I think accounting is the painful bit where you've got to put together the chart of accounts and then plug all of your every single transaction in the journals and make the, you know, make make the thing balance and and reconcile stuff. And I found that horrendous. And, and that's yeah. why I get bookkeepers to do that bit. But if you don't go through that bit, then you don't get the fun bit, which I find fun. Maybe I'm just kind of weird nerd, but I, I'm not an accountant by any stretch of imagination. But I love this this stuff, which is you get to analyze the bigger picture results right. and when you've got those clean financial statements you can look at liquidity ratios and, and and other things and then you can start to really pull levers relatively straightforwardly in terms of this quarter we need to go and negotiate with the suppliers to in you know to get better credit because mm-hmm. that does this to our cash flow which means we can grow at this much in the next year and then it starts to translate into stuff we really really want yeah because nobody wants to sit yeah. around measuring numbers i mean that's that's mental hernia isn't it and i think yeah. the point is that's just the stage on the way to getting the clarity and the clarity gives you the insights and then you can take the action. That's been my experience. I'm, I'm on the journey there. I'm not there, but I've certainly seen it with the, the better clients that I've got with the better businesses. They, they have that clarity and they have the confidence that comes with that. You know? Yeah, totally right. Yeah. Anyway, so that's, that's some of my insights. What's the third insight? Would you say third takeaway from? Yeah. Work? I think the third big takeaway is that the journey from a focus on top line sales and revenue to a to a focus on profitability is a process of maturation and it's a journey. And all of us, when we start, if we're kitchen table entrepreneurs in the e-commerce world, the first goal is sales. You know, can I sell something and can I sell something at scale and can I sell something at scale and have money left over at the end of the process? And that's the first goal. And it rightly should be. 
But as those businesses grow up and mature, the shift becomes increasingly onto profitability and managing the bottom line, the net profit. And, you know, depending on how hard the grind is to get the top number to work, (laughs) sometimes the bottom number is or isn't really clear to people. And, you know, Cinnamon and I say this all the time in our story, but, you know, for the first year, our total sales were $12,000 on eBay and we made no profit. The second, but we didn't even know if we made profit or not. But the second year, we only made $12,000 in top line sales again, but we were clear that we didn't make any profit at least, you know, so we're, we were getting better as we went. And then the third year we tripled top line and we made profit and then we tripled or doubled again. And over the next few years, we doubled and tripled and doubled and tripled like that for, for several years in a row like that. And, but because of the slow two year grind, we actually kind of focused on profit all the way, but other people who just explode with success on Amazon, typically, you know, their, their, their top line number is just a, a like a rocket. You know, it just is the, the question isn't, can you sell? It's how much can you get to sell? The, those those businesses sometimes are just like the, the top line's taken off so fast. The bottom line is sort of like, what now? How? Like, <laughs> you know, there's just less, less clarity. And so I think that journey is what I've come to appreciate more and more. And there's mm-hmm. no judgment there. I mean, it's not like it, it, there's no negative or sentiment or, or judgment about it. It's just a process. And I think mm-hmm. people getting clear on that journey being real for them. And if they're, if they're at one point of it, they, and they're, they're not clear on the next steps in the journey, they, th- and then having a group that speaks into it together and a mastermind or whatever, you know, like, like you run, I think helps people because then they understand, oh, okay, this is where I'm at in this journey. This isn't the whole thing. This isn't what it always works like. This isn't, you know, this isn't how it will always appear in my mind or to me. Over time, I'll change my understanding and thinking about what's happening mathematically and in the, you know, books of my business. So I think that's an interesting takeaway. Hmm. I would say a few reflections on that. The first one is let's talk about the mastermind thing first. I think what happens uh, with a peer group is interesting, but the, the sort of psychology, because what you're referencing today is a lot of psychology around yeah. profits and profit measurement, I guess, which is interesting. So it's, it's yeah. quite an unusual crossover. People talk about psychology mm-hmm. and marketing all the time, but that psychology and profit is probably a, 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 an under-discussed topic. So what mm-hmm. I see happening is, is a couple of things. Sometimes people's businesses do exactly what you say. They go onto Amazon, they make a ton of revenue. And they don't realize I have no profit, which is a sad day. Mm-hmm. Normally, right. by the time they get to the 10K Collective Mastermind, they, they're not in that state. But I've certainly worked right. with one-to-one mentoring clients in earlier stage startups. Yeah. The other one, though, is sometimes people come to a mastermind and go, oh, wow, 30% profit margin for my entire business. Like the, the whole thing, not just gross margin, is not typical. Okay, I've got a really great business. And they look around and people with a 5% margin are like, oh, Dang. 5% is not good. <laughs> That's not good. That's I, I right. thought I was struggling, but now I really am. And and, they, yeah. and it gives both of them a good sort of reality check. One is mm-hmm. like, oh, my business is better than average. Special. I thought this was normal. This might be a pretty sellable asset, to which the answer is in one case, yes, it is. And one of my mastermind members recently got a very, very nice exit for five times EBITDA, which for, for an Amazon-only folks business, very good. Yeah. Um, wasn't even selling the US. So that's very good multiple these days. And then somebody else is like, oh, 5%. I'm like, yeah, you really have a problem. <laughs> so it puts things in perspective sometimes a sad realization sometimes a happy one so that's yeah. the first thing the peer group thing i'm but, completely sold but on for that to, reason. to 
to jump on that idea that the only yeah. way that works is if you're in a conversation with trusted people where you can yes. say, okay, I know my numbers. I, I'm going to, I'm going to put it on the table. You know, our, our top line revenue was this and our net profit was this as a percentage or whatever. And, and yeah. you're comfortable sharing that and other people are comfortable sharing it as well. And yeah. then you do get those amazing like aha moments where like, Oh, okay. You know, so I think that's the power of of the of, the, of it is is relationship, you know, being in that. Agreed. Kind of Trust. Thing. You need to yeah. be very trusting to be that vulnerable because people yeah. are much more embarrassed about their profit than than they are about revenue, and and kind mm -hmm. of rightly so. But no, yeah. I agree with that. You you have to have the right culture, which is why I think the culture that we developed in just over time. It's a bit like weeding a garden. It's not just a formula. Mm -hmm. It is a valuable thing. Now the other thing, it, talking about what you were saying about being very focused on revenue. And then gradually realizing profit, I think is, is, is a natural thing when you go through different phases of growth. But what can happen is that the entrepreneur's mindset is no longer aligned with where their business is at. So mm -hmm. I just happened to have a set of, I didn't prepare this, but I just happened to have a set of slides handy from something else I'd been looking at earlier with Mark Andreessen. Great, great to talk about the life of a startup. It can be divided into two parts before product market fit and after product market fit. Mm -hmm. And he says before this, you need to focus obsessively on getting that, do whatever is required. Now, he says extreme things, change people, rewrite your product, move into a different market, raising fourth rounds of, you know, lots of things. And then would people be disappointed if your product disappeared? If yes, then you've got something. If not, then you haven't. Now, you know, without getting down the rabbit hole here, I think let's put it very simply. When you're in startup phase, to see if the product, if there's a product adoption, the simplest metric, and in some ways the most reliable, is revenue, right? Can you sell stuff? I mean, units sold in some ways, but revenue, conversion rates, all of those things. And that's entirely appropriate to obsess about revenue when you've got a new product line or let alone a new business. What I think it, it comes adrift is when you keep that obsession when your business is moving into the next phase of growth, when that's when you need to track the growth phase with the you know the mindset around profit and i think that's mm -hmm. when mm -hmm. sometimes there's a pain point that can arise in my experience what do you think that ties in with what you're saying or is this yeah absolutely absolutely point? right i mean i think those they're they're just key insights and and in every it's like going over a different hills hill out on a journey you know it's like oh new this is a valley this feels different than a mountaintop <laughs> you know it's like at every step, step of the journey you're gonna see new things like oh i'm in a swamp right now how do you yeah. you know how do you get out of a swamp um yeah. and that's kind of what it's like with your with your, <laughs> your business profitability and finance at the top level you know at the high level and i think you do start to learn those th those concepts the hard way. I mean, we, we all have to learn them and you won't learn them by, you know, really just hearing about it, but, you, but you go through it and you learn it. And I think that's key. So, yeah. Yeah. I think reflection on experience can be valuable. Frameworks can help make sense of emotional experiences. They don't take away the pain, but they give it meaning. I think, you know, like, yeah. you know, the, the whole stages of grief thing. So what's the fourth big takeaway from your profit habits? Workshop? Well, it, it ties right into that. Actually, you know, the, the fourth, insight i think is that i believe us as a community e-commerce operators under invest or not willing to invest in profit and financial management education the workshop worked great we had a good community of people doing it so this isn't a commentary about the specific workshop but i would just say as a group i think there's just so much denial and you know kind of avoidance 
of these topics because it feels like and, and so I think not investing in education is is a huge mistake. Now, you know, I'm I'm a reader, so I like books. I know you are too. You're always referencing books that I always think, "Oh, I need that book." But there's, you know, there's tons of educational content out there. Sometimes you have to fight for you know, if you get into the academic college book lane or section of the bookstore, you're going to be bored to death, but you know, there's other stuff out there. Some of it's real pop culture and commercial. Rich Dad Poor Dad books are obviously the most commercial in the U.S. on these topics, but there's other content out there as well. Dave Ramsey's Entree Leadership. And and I think people just generally aren't willing to put in the work at that level sometimes to say what content's available to me and how can I quickly consume it and metabolize it into uh, my business. So, I mean, I think that's a, that's a, a key takeaway as well. It's interesting. I guess in the end, Again, it's a psychological question, which is a, a critical one, by the way. It's what we associate pleasure and pain with. And unfortunately, yeah. it's not a simple path. I guess yeah. that a lot of the time pain is the motivation to get into action. Yeah. But having a vision of where something can go will keep you in action. And the, the truth for most of us, as uh, Donald Miller references in StoryBrand, now this is interesting because it's about marketing and that's the psychology of getting people to buy our stuff, right, broadly speaking. But this applies to ourselves, which is that, if you tell a story like so-and-so decided to get fit and then he went to the gym, then people automatically switch off. First of all, there's no drama. But secondly, it's not mm -hmm. how people work. People normally have a, a moment like his girlfriend left him because he was too fat. And then he went, oh, my God, I need to go to the gym. Well, whatever ridiculous story. This is not the best storytelling. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. don't be offended if, you're, if you have weight. It's just a bad example. But the truth with an entrepreneur is they're going to do stuff. They have an exciting Q4. I've been there with that, you know, first big Q4. You go, wow, all these sales. And then you look at the numbers and it takes you ages to go through them and that's painful. And then the even more painful thing is you look at it and go, oh, I actually paid Amazon to do that. I didn't make any profits at all. And yeah. then you start. And th this is the thing you go in waves, don't you? But I think yeah. once you, the pain you associate with ignorance is greater than the pain you associate with mm -hmm. denial. Mm -hmm. You get into knowledge. And I think sadly... I wish I could say it was different, but my experience of that and, and the people I know is there are there are waves of pain. And thank God also on the other side of it, insight and great things happen from yeah. that. But I, I think that's really how it works that I've seen. I don't know if that's been the same with you and your clients, but. Sure. And if you put this whole topic into the same category as, you know, getting in shape or, you know, making your yard look amazing or, you know, anything that you immediately in your mind was like, step one, hard work. So here's the thing about it is that just creates a context in which those who are willing to do the hard work will crush it and succeed and be awesome. And the competitors in your space who are playing around and don't know their numbers, you know, as Warren Buffett wisely said, when the tide goes out, you find out who's been swimming naked. And the reality is good times are fun for everybody. Like, yeah, we're all making money. Bad times are when the smart marketers and the smart finance driven sellers will be like, oh, we got this. You know, we know, we know what's happening in our business. And I, and I'm, so, you know, part of it to me is a, it's a opportunity and also sort of a commentary in the, in the industry, you know, that that's just the reality of it. And I think that creates a context in which the, the great operators su survive and thrive and the, the people who are riding a trend or riding a wave or have gotten some success, but really don't have that solid foundation of financial understanding, they will come to a point in their business where they crater it and yeah. it will be them that cratered it. And I, and I think that's the, you know, and, and I'm, of course there are 
context in which people get ripped off or they get, you know, abused by, you know, some kind of, you know, bad, bad other out external force, but all things being equal over time, we are responsible for the success of our business financially. And it, it will be the people who really have their heads screwed on straight and have spent the time and energy privately. You know, I think it was Muhammad Ali who said champions are made in the gym, something like that. Yeah, that's the that's the sentiment. And, and you know, it's like, wow, well, it stinks to have it be in that category of topics. I wish this was super easy, <laughs> you know, but, but it is what it is. Hey, folks, thanks so much for listening to another episode of the e-commerce leader. So accounting for e-commerce, helpful lessons from the profit habits workshop was our theme today. And it sounds like a lot of this stuff is actually a sort of psychological relationship to numbers and tracking numbers, bookkeeping, accounting, financially astute operating rather than the technical stuff. And uh, that's interesting to me because it's not a very often discussed topic, but actually when I think about my experiences and those of my friends in e-commerce and those of my clients in e-commerce, actually it is quite a sort of emotionally murky topic. And I have to say the flip side of that is that the people who have the best clarity on the numbers also are the people who are growing the fastest and have the biggest businesses. So I suppose it's a bit chicken and egg. I think the jadedness around the topic is something to reflect on. Um, avoiding this topic or finding it's confusing or boring um, could be another mentality thing to look at and, and the realization that the top line is not the be all and end all of actually maturing into profitability is also one of the topics that seems to you know come with maturity as a business owner I guess and so I guess the question for you is is a reflection point today maybe more than action points which of these things do you think you might be falling into in terms of the mistakes and which of the things do you think you can build on in terms of good relationships you have to the area of profits and profit measuring and finances in generally if you find today's show helpful then of course you can find a ton more content on these kinds of topics at theecommerceleader.com which is our main website and of course under the usual podcast players apple google etc etc and um if you do find us there and you like the content, then don't forget to subscribe and join many, many people joining us these days. Spotify has been seeing a very steep adoption of followers, as they call it on that platform there. So subscribe on whatever platform you like, but know that you're joining quite a growing crowd of people, which we're very pleased about, of course. If you can give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, that would be great. And if you're watching any of this on a video channel, then don't forget to give us a like or subscribe or a love or whatever you can do on that channel as well. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoy this topic, we are talking uh, the second half of the insights from the Profits work Habits Workshop in our next core content. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening and we wish you becoming the best e-commerce leader you can be. That was the e-commerce leader podcast with Michael Vesey in London, England and Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. If you liked this content, don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast app. For free resources, including PDFs and videos on topics like traffic, products and sales channels, just go to www.theecommerceleader.com. No hyphens, just as it sounds. Thanks so much for listening.